0: Of the Lombardi Line live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58. Here is Stormy Bonatoni and Michael Lombardi on VSN, the sports betting network.
2: officially game week as we welcome you into the Lombardi line live from Media Row at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. This segment is presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. We are live on VCEN and DraftKings Network as DraftKings Super Week officially kicks off. Michael, a huge game coming up, and who better to discuss it with than a Super Bowl winning head coach in Bruce Arians, who is kind enough to join us now, two time eight. AC- coach of the year as well and you were just glowing about his book on quarterbacks a couple
3: years ago when i wrote my first book great iron genius you know i was reading bruce's book which is really great to read and it would probably clear up a lot of this coach myth that brock purdy is just a game manager what are your thoughts on brock purdy being the quarterback guru that you are
4: oh man i I love the guy man he's got a lot of moxie and uh not afraid to put it in tight windows Ben, he's I, i love the guy
2: well, and then you've got Patrick Mahomes on the other side as well, and obviously you've coached some great ones, Peyton Manning, Big Ben, Tom Brady, but you've been on record as saying Patrick Mahomes is maybe the smartest quarterback that you've been around, and you had to face him head-to-head in that Super Bowl, the only head coach that's been able to beat him. What's so special about the quarterback on the other side?
4: Oh, if Patrick figures you out, you're in trouble, <laughs> and I mean – we chased him all over that field, and he still made some throws that were just unbelievable. Hit a guy in the face mask, and thank God they didn't catch him, but uh, he's he just unbelievable. with The way he can throw off-platform is just amazing.
3: Coach, this game to me is, if you're Steve Wilks, and the way as fast as Kansas City has started, the script to me is the most important thing. In the game, in terms of how Wilkes approaches differently, because if Andy Reid, as you just said, and Mahomes, if they know what you're doing, it's over. He's going to be 12 for 12, and you're going to—they're going to score 14 points before the second quarter starts. What do you think Wilkes's approach will be if you were working at the 49ers as the head coach? What would you be telling Wilkes?
4: You got to have something different, and and try to save something for the second half if you're lucky enough. But you cannot just come out and play quarters uh, and depend on that four-man rush, uh, or he just lights you up. I mean, if he knows what you're doing, it, it's, he's got all the answers.
2: It, what stood out to you about this 49er defense? Because in previous years, they've been known as this vaunted, super tough, aggressive defense, and it, it hasn't really been the same under Steve Wilkes this year.
4: Yeah, Steve's uh, a little bit more conservative in my opinion. He lets that front four eat. They have the best linebacker combination in the league uh, with so much speed. If it was me, I I would release those inside guys some and try to get some middle pressure and just show some different looks early.
3: Yeah, and I think to me, I agree with you, Coach. He's going to have to show some different looks. Okay, you coached in a Super Bowl. You know, from my experiences being in, in two, in two of them with the Patriots, Brady would complain about you know all the delays and the time, and it was hard to get in rhythm. What was your approach to that? And if you're Kyle Shanahan, what do you think he'll do to try to get the quarterback into a rhythm?
4: Yeah, I think Kyle's one of the best scripters in the business. His first 15 is always very unique. Uh, they'll set up some new runs, some motions, some things they haven't seen. Try to confuse those linebackers and and see if they can get Brock uh, some running, some running big plays, and then get him out of the pocket and, and let him do his thing. Um, I think Brock showed you you know last week what he can do with his legs. Uh, so I, I would, I think, I think Kyle will be more than ready for that first 15 plays.
2: Can you talk a little bit more about what has stood out to you about Brock Purdy and and doing what he's doing at such a young age, just his second year in the league?
4: Well, yeah, his accuracy is off the charts. I I saw some of that in college, but uh, his athleticism, those running plays he made last week were just, uh, I don't think too many people knew he had that in him. And um, he has a great movement inside the pocket also. Um, And, if you're going to let him throw between the numbers, he's going to wear you out. For me, he's going to have to throw everything outside of numbers. We're going to play inside technique all day, and you're not throwing in there.
3: Right. I, I, I agree, Coach. I think this is going to have to be an Ayuk type of game. And and having competed against Steve Spagnola in, in a lot of games over your career, what is the number one thing that Kyle will have to do to kind of slow down Spagnola from getting into a groove?
4: Yeah, I mean, you better be ready for every blitz known to man. And, uh, and Steve is one of those guys that the quarterback will look over to a side and say, well, that guy can't blitz. And Steve's going to bring that guy and try to roll the coverage all the way from the backside of the field. Uh, so you got to be ready for just about everything, um, especially with two weeks to get ready. Um, you better be on your P's and Q's in the blitz pickup game.
2: Now, coach, I know the the hard work and the game planning that was all done last week. And this week, there's so much going on from a media standpoint. We're obviously here at Media Row. The teams are going to get introduced in the huge opening ceremony today, answering all these questions throughout the week. Obviously, the teams are in Las Vegas as well, which the league is doing everything in their everything they can to eliminate the temptations of going out on the town and doing anything like that. But what can you share about being a coach and managing your team during the week of the game? And how challenging that might be to not let any of those distractions impact the way you guys are preparing.
4: Yeah. Our Super Bowl year was so unique because of COVID and it was in our hometown. So it was like totally unlike any other, um, having been in four other ones, it was, um, you know, I thought we did a great job in Pittsburgh, uh, letting the guys enjoy that week. And, uh, you know, but we had great practices, uh, especially here in Tampa when we played in Tampa. Um, but, you know, you, you have to embrace everything that's happening with your team and not, not think of it as distractions and let those guys really embrace it and have fun.
3: Coach, what do you think? Give us your prediction. I know it's early in the week and they got to still practice, but the game plan's put in place and pretty much it's refinement this week in terms of getting used to the venue. What's your prediction for the game?
4: Well, I think if it's a close game, I think the Niners win kind of like they did last week. uh but I, I just I, I quit betting against Patrick Mahomes a long time ago. Uh, what he can do, and, and uh, such a little bit of time. I mean, I didn't I didn't relax in our Super Bowl till the last interception, uh, and we had a twenty point lead. But it was you know you, he can score so fast. And uh, but I would never bet against him. I haven't picked one game right so far in the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't have anybody believe in me. But uh, uh, no, it, I, I think Kansas City. Uh, could win by 10 or 10 Francisco to go into the shootout. I mean, a small one. I mean, a very short yeah. fourth quarter game.
2: Coach Arians, you're amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this week. We appreciate you and have a great day.
4: Thanks, Coach. Uh, thank you, guys. Have fun out there. You bet, Mike.
2: Thank you so much again, Bruce Arians. At Bruce Arians on X, uh, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach for yeah. the Super Bowl just a couple years ago.
3: But I think what, what he had an advantage in his game, obviously there's no crowd noise at Tampa Stadium, and it was perfect venue, but his front dominated the game. Remember, in that Super Bowl, a- Andy Reid lost his left tackle. Eric, uh, the kid who was the first-round pick of the uh, – it was his first-round pick, Eric Fisher. So he loses the left tackle in the game before, and they were trying to work around it – and they really, the offensive line couldn't, and the and that front controlled the game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers front won that game, hands down. And obviously Brady played well and the offense played well. But that recipe was really the only kryptonite that we've ever seen Mahomes have to experience, right? It's when you can control them in that front, when you can get pressure. Now that, that lends itself to say, well, the Niners should be able to do this because this is where the Niners' strength is. But we haven't seen that in the two playoff games. We really haven't seen them. And I think, you know, not that he agreed with me, but I think we both see the game the same way in the sense that Steve is going to have to do things that's outside of his normal. Because if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes knows what's happening then it's going to be a 12 for 12, 15 for six. It's going to be one of those kind of games and that's going to be really hard.
2: I also think it was refreshing to hear him say that and like be honest as the coach on the other side that he couldn't take a breath until that last interception yeah. with Patrick Mahomes over there because I know us watching the games from the outside looking in, we can say that all we yeah. want, but for the coach that's actually on the opposite sideline is like, oh man, that was stressing me and, out. And he was
3: dominating end. the game. I mean, he was right. kicking. I mean, they could have played 20
2: more you minutes, never know what that guy can but do, they could
3: have played 20 more minutes and he wasn't going to win the game. You could tell early in that game that the chief offensive line had no chance to block that four-man front. And if you can get pressure, what happened in the Raider game? The Raider game, they got pressure with four. Crosby, all those guys were able to, coons. they were getting pressure beating those tackles, and that's when Andy Reid changed. He said, look, I'm not good enough in the offensive line. I know we paid a lot of these guys money, but I'm not good enough here in the line to be able to hold the ball and try to work it down the field. I'm going to have to get back to the short passing game, bang it here, throw it there, do all that, and credit him for doing it, because that is his weakness, but we haven't seen that weakness show up. Baltimore got some pressure on him. wasn't what they wanted. They couldn't get him to hold the ball very long until the second half, you know, Buffalo really never did. And so I think to me that's going to be the key to the 49ers. They got to get pressure.
2: So to follow that up, is the Chiefs offensive line like doing a good job with the way that they're playing offense that they're masking the O-line's issues or has that line gotten better?
3: No, I think they're masking their issues. They're running it. Remember, we got Pacheco carrying seven yeah. more times per game. And you don't, we no longer talk about Donovan Smith being lined up in the backfield, right? I mean, he's no longer the wing on the punt team anymore. He's actually on the line. You can't call him for an illegal formation. Because because they're trying to run the ball more. They're trying to get Pacheco involved. That doesn't mean they're not going to throw it. You know, the first play of the game was a pass. Second play was the out to Pacheco. And then they come back and start running it. Andy knows that if he gets into a third and 12 or third and long and these tackles, you know, it's going to be hard. And he's done a good job of formation. You know, he's moved the tight ends involved. He's chipped the ends as much as he could. He knows the weakness of his team. He knows his team really well. And he knows. Here's the only thing if you're a Niner fan. He knows there's one way he can win one way and that's what he's been playing if he goes outside that all of a sudden that those weaknesses show up
2: I am very curious to see based on each of these teams run defenses and what you were just saying about the offensive approach for the Chiefs which running back's going to have the bigger day will it be a Pacheco day or will Christian McCaffrey on the other side be able to get things going because like I said off the top they're not going to take the Ravens approach the 49ers are going to run the football we've still got plenty more great guests to come this hour on the Lombardi Line Thank you to two time coach of the year Bruce Arians for joining us.
0: At Bet 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet 365.
5: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
1: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSN,
0: the Sports Betting Network.
2: Lombardi line live from Las Vegas alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Tony with you. This segment brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of fans hearts getting you set and dialed up for Super Bowl 58. We are officially less than a week away from the big game. And to help us continue to talk through all things Chiefs Niners, we bring in ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards, of course, former longtime head coach in the league, player in the league, coach in the college game as well. Herm, thank you so much for being here.
5: Oh, it's my pleasure. You guys must must be enjoying Las Vegas. That's kind of
3: interesting. Back in the day, they didn't want people in the NFL to even go to Las Vegas. Interesting. Well, <laughs> Stormy grew up here, so she welcomed in... He welcomed them all in, yeah. Herm, so it's all okay, good. Very good. You know, and it's Very interesting. It, it's interesting. This game, to me, is fascinating with two great franchises, two great head coaches. So what, in your opinion, in terms of the Niners? You know, you've been a defensive player, defensive coach yeah. in the league. You, you, you know, what is the, the difference in their defense from the regular season to the postseason and how they've been able to win two games without playing their best game?
5: Well, you're right. When out their best game and, and their their defense has been gashed a little bit on the run game. Um, you think about the two teams that ran the ball on them. It was surprising. Green Bay uh, ran it for about 136 and uh, Detroit, 180. You anticipated Detroit was going to run the ball, but, and you notice, know Mike, they're running the ball a little bit on the edges. They're making their corners support the run game and tackle. And that's a problem if they don't get that fixed because, when you think about the Detroit game, if they just stopped running, if they would have kept running, the 49ers might have not, never got the ball back. I mean, if they could possess the ball, then that's what kills you when people can run a football on you. But other than that, you know, their defense is, is one that um, is very good. It's opportunistic. Uh, they, they can make a lot of plays over there. they got some great players. Uh, their offense sets up their defense uh, in the fact that their ball control offense, they have explo- uh, explosive players. Um, I look for Kittle to be big in this game, believe it or not. I mean, he, he sometimes kind of gets overlooked, you know, but he's a guy that can make a lot of plays underneath for him.
2: Yeah, had a great regular season and then obviously like underutilized, I think, last week, but we'll see if he can come alive in this one. And then sticking with the theme of defense, though, talking about Kansas City, a team that has always been known about how offensively successful they've been with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They relied so much on their defense this year, one of the best in the NFL. What stands out to you about that unit and how they can combat the weapons of the 49ers?
5: Well, Coach Spagg has done a nice job of building a young defense, and we watched this the last couple years. I think their corners are left on islands a lot, but that doesn't matter to those guys. They can really cover. They can press you and get after you. Uh, they don't have a lot of interceptions, um, you know, when you think about it. only two when it comes to McDuffie and, and, and Sneed, but they got 21 batted balls. They play a lot of press coverage. So their back is turned away from the quarterback. They don't see the ball come out. In zone, you get more interceptions, you see the ball come out. They've got some good pass rushers, obviously. Jones uh, uh, it is one of those guys. They're disruptive. Um, they can they fire zone you sometimes. You know, they, they keep you guessing. So they have an outstanding defense.
3: Herm, they have not, the 49ers have not scored in the first quarter in the two postseason Mm -hmm. games, and the Chiefs have scored 46 of their 70 in the first half. So for me, the script is going to be the most important part of this game. If you're Steve Wilkes, and you're getting ready to play this kind of new version of the Chiefs where they're running the ball more than they ever have. Pacheco's got seven more carries per game over the last four than he did during the regular season. What would your approach be? Because if you give Mahomes some of the same stuff he had before, you're going to be down 14 to nothing.
5: Well, I think the good thing about it, they play Patrick Mahomes, and they, they understand who he is and what he's about. Patrick Mahomes, uh, is a special guy, but I think if you're the 49ers, it all starts on first down. You know this. Um, you can't allow them to get five and six yards on first down because you're always playing behind the chains defensively. There's, matter of fact, there's no call for second and, and four. There's no defensive call for second and four. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just saying they're gonna convert this. We got to get ready for the next first down series because there's, you know, there's no call for that. So I think it's going to be important that they play really good on first down. They're going to have to mix it up some, play some man, play some zone, even have some pressure. You know, when they want to run the ball on first down, have some pressure zones that can help you stop the run.
2: Coach, this is kind of an intangible thing, but how much do you think experience matters on this stage and the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are are coming off a Super Bowl just one year ago where they did ultimately win it all?
5: Well, I think experience helps, obviously, in a game of this magnitude, but here again... Uh, I think when you look at the 49ers, you know, they've been in this game. Now, this will be Purdy's first. He was hurt. Uh, he got hurt in the championship game, you know, against, against the Eagles. And so this is his first deal. But, but for him, uh, the way he's handled himself in the playoffs, you know, this offense is built to play with a lead, not to really come from behind. He's done that twice in playoff games. And kudos to him. In the fact that, you know, he brought his team back when they needed it. And uh, this is going to be a fun game to watch. I mean, you know, both quarterbacks, you have Mr. Irrelevant, and then you have Patrick Mahomes, who I call the unicorn. He's just a different guy. He's chasing Tom Brady. He's chasing that record
3: yeah you know he is and, I, and to me you also have two great coaches and I think what Andy's yeah. done with his style and how he's changed his team in the last four weeks is different you know we always expect explosive plays and big plays and yet Mahomes averaged seven yards in the regular season he's averaged seven yards per attempt in the in the postseason but what do you expect from Kelsey like what's the matchup where the 49ers can potentially take Kelsey out
5: well, I say that, and we all say that. And we thought that the Ravens were able to do that with with with, Quinn, with Queen, with and Smith, and, and, and their Pro Bowl safety Hamilton, and it didn't work. He caught 11 balls. You know what? I, I think he's just telling, telling, telling the game starts later than when it starts, or something. Because it, it, it's really, it's almost funny to watch. Everyone in the whole stadium knows they're gonna throw it to this guy. And they keep throwing it to him. He's always open. It's like, are you kidding me? But I think what you got to do, really, Andy's going to move him around because he's not going to keep him stationary. But wherever he goes, and the 49ers have two outstanding linebackers. They can get Greenlaw and, and obviously Warner. And they can run and, you know, they, they, they can do all that. But you got to get hands on Kelsey. No matter where he is, you have to tell people, we got to hit this guy before he gets up the field. We got to slow him down.
2: Yeah, and he's caught 16 of the last 17 passes that have come his way these last two games in the postseason, and everybody's saying the script is in with him and Taylor Swift that the Chiefs are going to have the confetti and all the oh things. My. I don't subscribe to that, Michael and Herm. I'm just saying.
5: Yeah. I'm just well, saying. I'm, I'm saying this. I'll, I'll give you this number. This is gaudy numbers in playoff competition. He has 156 catches, 19 touchdowns, and 21 playoff games.
3: So yeah. that's the number. And, and, and he's always the focal point. That's what makes it yeah. even more ridiculous, those numbers, is Herm, you and I both know that on the blackboard, on the first day of, of prep, getting ready to play him, we have to take Kelsey out of the game. That's number one. And yet he's still yeah. in the game. And, and it's very challenging. And the way Andy moves him around and the way that yeah. they're able to motion him and get him some of these free throws, it makes it easy. And and I think, to me, the challenge is going to be what you said earlier in the show. I, Chase Young is going to have to either play run support and held the edge, or they're going to not play them. Because if they can run the ball and attack the edges, it's going to be a problem.
5: It's going to be a big problem. And I think if you are 49ers, you know that. And you know what's unique, and you know this, Mike? um, Both these guys are outstanding play callers, Andy and obviously and and, and Coach Shanahan. And it's going to be interesting that, you know, when they get the ball, whoever gets the ball first, whether it's Kansas City or, or San Francisco, the play calls they have in that first series of 12 plays, the 14 plays. What are they calling? You're going to see you're going to kind of see the game unfold right in front of your eyes, you know, as they start calling these plays.
2: Coach, real quickly, these last couple of minutes, um, want to make sure that we take some time and ask you about Antonio Pierce as he takes over the head coaching job here with the Las Vegas Raiders. You obviously know him well, hired him as your D.C. Mm -hmm. at Arizona State. What is Vegas getting in him?
5: Well, I give the guy a lot of energy, um, and I think the thing that he's earned is the trust of his team. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that doesn't think he knows everything. I mean, look at the people he's surrounding himself with on his staff right now. Marvin Lewis is there with him. That's going to help him. You know, I told him like a couple weeks ago when he got the job, I said, man, I said, it's great that you have the job. But you know what you're dealing with now? You've got to deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. And now you got to deal with hardball going to the Chargers <laughs> and Peyton, Sean <John> Payton quit <laughs> the Broncos, all these coaches. I said, you're in, a, you're, in a, you're in a conference with a bunch of great coaches, right? I mean, so, but I think he'll do a great job, and I think it's a great hire for the Ravens.
3: Yeah, he will be. And, and look, you're right. I mean, I think to me, you know, he surrounds himself. He's got Marvin there, who you had on your staff, too, at Arizona yeah, State. So yeah, the one thing exactly I think right. that helps him is he, he, does, he admits he doesn't know what he doesn't know.
5: No, exactly. And it's okay. That's why you have assistant coaches. You want to hire good men around you. Look, we're, and you know this, Mike, we're all information gatherers or providers. He's going to, he's going to gather information, then he'll provide it to the players. I mean, that's how it kind of works.
2: Great insight today, coach. Thank you so much for taking Thanks, the time. Hurt. We appreciate you.
5: My pleasure. God bless you both. Take care.
2: Herm Edwards, of course, doing great work now with ESPN as an NFL analyst. And I uh, I covered a number of ASU games yeah. with Herm and Antonio Pierce, and I can confirm he brings the energy on the yeah, sideline. No doubt. Very and vocal. they
3: recruited Jaden Daniels. I yep. mean, they had him going at a high level and then, of course, naturally transferred out there. So we've got to ask him about that. There's yep. a lot to talk about. With we'll her. have to make sure that we, that
2: we have him back on nearing the draft and see where he sees Jaden Daniels ultimately fitting. Obviously, such a great dual threat ability. We're going to step aside when we come back. The Golic and Smedy crew is going to join us. Michael X Sr. and Jessica Smeddy of DraftKings Network joining us next on the Lombardi Line.
0: This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VCEN, the sports betting network.
2: Less than a week away the big game Super Bowl 58 coming at you from right here where we are broadcasting from in Viva Las Vegas Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony with you live from Media Row on VEASAN and DraftKings Network this segment presented by 1-800-Flowers.com DraftKings official flowers yeah. for Valentine's Day and we will have in just about 15 minutes or so the Golicks Mike Golick Sr. and Mike Golick Jr. they're going to join us on our set but first Michael what would a Monday edition of the Lombardi line be without Step into my office. I, don't
3: have, I have flowers in my office, this, which is well, a good thing. It's going to be a
2: secret. I'm going to throw <laughs> you off on this one. Let's roll that open.
1: <laughs> the appointments are lined up. You
2: waiting for somebody
6: in there? got
1: an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business time. You and me at a private talk. Step into my office. It's step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi we'll will see you now.
2: All right, Michael, we're hitting some of the hard truths, and we're going to start with the head coaches in this Super Bowl 58 matchup. Kyle Shanahan first, who is 0-2 as a head coach or coordinator in the biggest game in the Super Bowl. We have know the second half loss all too well. Um, with a not certain, his fault. They can't <laughs> blame
0: him for that. I'm
2: just saying it happened, and then for me, that fourth quarter yeah. had a 10-point lead, and we all know how it ended against this Kansas City Chiefs team back four years ago. In addition to the Super Bowl woes, he's also lost twice in the NFL championship as the 49ers head man. What does Shanahan need to hear this week to get this group over the hump?
3: You know, I think what he needs to hear is, and he's, and it's perfectly fine to hear it, is that when he takes over and he represents the 49ers, he needs to hear what Bill Walsh would often say to people. Look, it's just another game. We've got to relax. It's a different game. It has nothing to do with what happened back in 2019. That game has nothing to do with it. I know they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, that was a reflection of we were not able to slow them down. We didn't have enough multiplicity with our defense. Why did that happen? Okay, now we fixed that. We have changed a little bit from that point. We didn't score in the fourth quarter in that game. We need to change. So it's not going to be a repeat of that. It's going to be just relax, play this game, make the adjustments. You've kind of done it before you understand how to do it, and you just got to relax and rely on your preparation. I mean, he's got a great a great consigliere in terms of his father to rely on for advice. I think he's got to take the past out of it and stay in the present and forget about that last game.
2: And for the players as well, that you mentioned treating this like any other game, I think that thought process is going to be particularly critical for his quarterback in Brock Purdy with the big stage. Got to treat it like it's anything else.
3: Y- you definitely have to, and I think to me... That's, as hard as
2: that is. <laughs> it's
3: hard, but I think that's why Coach Walsh, when we talked about this at the beginning of the show, he was sleeping on the floor in the in the Stanford locker room to show people that he was relaxed. And, you know, you are a reflection of your team. That is a great story. Right? You are a reflection of your team. And if you're nervous, if you're yelling at the officials all the time, the players are going to yell at the officials. If you're uptight, they're going to feel that. It's kind of like, you know, how your dog feels your emotion? You know, it kind of, your team feels your emotion. And so, for me, Kyle's got to act really calm and show complete faith in his quarterback and really sell the opening drive. That's going to be the key. Got to sell this. We're going to play from the front, fellas.
2: Let's go to Andy Reid, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, who after that rough Christmas day lost to the Raiders. It's a team that sat nine and six. They were largely written off. Since then, they have adjusted their offensive philosophy. Five and 0 since put themselves in position where they can repeat as Super Bowl champs, something that hasn't been done in a long, long time. But if you're Andy Reid, how do you ensure your group doesn't doesn't default back to the version of the Chiefs we saw earlier this year
3: well I think Andy knows the formula and I think coach Reed as he sits in the office he knows that there's a style of play that he has to have and why go away from something that's been so effective right we've won four games in a row we've been behind at halftime in two of them we were behind but to the Bengals and we were behind to the Bills and we came from behind our quarterback has been able to play air free and we know how great he is and we've been able to rejuvenate Travis Kelsey's catches He's kind of improved in the postseason. So, fellas, this is the formula. It's an easy job for Andy Reid to stand in front of his team this week and say, fellas, we're here because we've done these five things. Whereas Kyle Shanahan can't really say that. Kyle can say to his team, fellas, we're here and we haven't played our A game yet. Imagine how good we're going to be if we play our A game. And whereas Andy's going to say, fellas, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing because it works.
2: Mm-hmm. And again, that experience so critical. So many players returned from that team a year ago. Familiar on this stage with this is step into my office on the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi giving out some hard truths to a number of coaches who need it as they take a seat in the chair in Michael's office. Let's go to Dan Quinn, the new head coach coach for the Washington Commanders after three seasons as the Cowboys D.C. They named him as their guy. Of course previously was a head man with that Atlanta Falcons team that led him to the Super Bowl but has not had a whole lot of success offensively as a head coach without Kyle Shanahan. And of course that final season with Atlanta 0-5 start and he gets removed from his head coaching duties. What does Quinn need to focus on to make the most of what is a second chance for him in Washington?
3: Well you know the year Dan when you took off from football and you analyzed everything that you did and you broke it down and you started your second career with the Cowboys and changed and modified what you did. I think it's the same approach you have to take. Good hire in Cliff Kingsbury. you got to get the defense to play at a higher level mistake-free. I mean, all the things that matter in football, you've got to be able to bring that energy, but you also have to bring accountability. You also are going to have to bring a demanding element because you cannot fail to recognize that the culture you're about to take over was toxic. You just can't walk in there and say they're receptive. They've got a lot of talented players players on the team, especially offensively that have complained about how they get coached. They complained about what they're doing. So you're going to have to figure out how to connect with that team. And you don't have the track record to do it in terms of, I got this super bowl. You're going to have to win them over with your knowledge. And I think that's going to be the key. The key is going to get everybody to buy in, but you're going to have to work a hell of a lot harder. And you're going to have to have more accountability because that program from my eyes to the field has never had accountability in it. And that's why they can't win.
2: Washington looking for a whole lot of change in a positive way, and it'll also be interesting to see what happens with the defensive coordinator position. Well, that's going to be
3: well, the Dallas defensive coordinator. We talked about that, right? Yeah. That, that I think that's going to be Rob Rivera. Wouldn't that be interesting Ugh. twist? Oh my.
2: I do not think that oh would my. be good for Mike McCarthy. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, let's go to another Mike. Mike McDonald, the new head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. At 36 years old, the youngest head coach in the National Football League, where things sit right now. He was previously the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, also at the University of Michigan. How can and he have the same success he's had as a coordinator, where we just saw him lead the Ravens to be the top defensive unit in the league, to this head coaching role in the NFL?
3: I think what he's got to do is get the defense to play at a much higher level. They have really good talent on defense. They just haven't done that. They haven't been able to coordinate themselves and, and utilize, Stormy, the home field advantage that is in Seattle, right? We would always talk about, oh, it's the Legion of Boom, all these things, but they never win games up there. Like they, Pittsburgh goes up there roads runs for 170 yards against them. I think that that's the first step. we got to get more physical on defense, we got to be more diversified on defense, and we've got to take advantage of our home field on defense. And then he's going to have to figure out the offense. He is going to have to figure out how to make sure we are doing that and cut, cut and be cutting edge offensively to help their offense. And I think that's going to be it. He's got to sell curiosity, and he's got a really good general manager in John Snyder who will help him, who he reads a lot of books, who wants to get better all the time. And I think if these two guys work together, I think the guy's the limit. I think it's going to be a good hire for them.
2: And it has been a long time since Seattle's had that defensive, hard-nosed identity that they're trying to get back to the Legion of Boom days. How about Bill Belichick and Mike (laughs) Grable? Two free agent head coaches with all of the eight previous vacancies now filled. Both are former Coach of the Year award winners. Both left their positions this offseason with their teams underachieving in 2023. But how should these two coaches, and particularly Bill Belichick, who's obviously such a legend in what he has done, how should they approach this first offseason without being a head man.
3: Act like a head man. Don't stop. I mean, get yourself an office. Get yourself into a routine. Go to work every single day and work on things that you want to improve on. You know, this is the greatest opportunity. Most people can sit there and say cry because you don't have an opportunity, but I say reward yourself with the opportunity, and I think ultimately, spend this time. Study the draft. Break your day. Work. Take a vacation, but come back committed to working on improving everything that you want to improve in your program because the league's not going to be this dumb for this long, right? Somebody's going to call, right? Somebody is going to call that like stupidity will not continue for another year, and so that's going to give you an opportunity. But you can't come in the same person that you were before. You're going to have to redirect your energy, and I think this is a great opportunity. You can become dangerous now. You can become dangerous because nobody would have ever thought you two would have been unemployed, but now you have time to improve your craft, and not very often do you get that great opportunity. I mean, look, let's face it, it happens in politics. Sometimes, you know, Bill Clinton was the governor of Arkansas. He lost it and he came back eight years later or four years later, came as an improved, understood the mistakes he made. I think it's really critical.
2: Well, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, too, when we were discussing Mike McCarthy's contract being up after this year. Like, that could be an opening. The Eagles, who maintained oh, yeah. Nick Sirianni, that could be an opening. I think that he, he could, Bill Belichick or Vrabel could end up in a far better situation they next w- year.
3: And better than any of these jobs this year, because obviously see these jobs, they think they have all the answers. Right. And so look, I think the only thing they could do is you have to stay within the program that you will. You got to go to work every day. I mean, that's what you've been trained to do.
2: All right. Great addition of step into my office. Our first radio row step wow. into my I office like feels good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to hit the break here, but wrapping things up on the Lombardi line from media row. When we come back with the Golics joining us, Mike Golick, senior and Mike Golick, junior. I'm not sure if we're getting them on the desk or we've got a nice couch lounge area. Things are happening. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with with us.
1: Offer valid on Select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: This is the Lamarty line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSIN, the
0: Sports Betting Network.
2: up what has been an awesome first show of the week at Media Row at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. This segment presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. And we're throwing another mic yeah. on the desk here. Mike Golick, Sr. And you're going to be on the broadcast sidelines for Westwood One doing the field analyst work. Yep. Of course, you know, everything you do with your son, Golick and Gojo and Golick and Smeddy and all of the things with DraftKings Network. Thanks for doing this.
6: We just had to make sure Mike didn't come up here now because three mics. yeah it's, that's just, been too hard it's been just too I'd be many
2: outnumbered by too many and it's just cruel since
6: football and the, the broadcasting business i realized i should not have named him mike there's just <laughs> way too much confusion way too much the only way people tell us apart is i have a full head of hair he doesn't
2: that is not right that's i know not that's right. why i said
6: it while he's not here yeah, yeah, you get you what go. i say because he's big enough to
3: beat me up so i say it when he's not around so what do you they have you on the sideline for the game they tell talk about that a little it's
6: kind of like you know I'm, I'm used to being in the booth I've preferred you know years at ESPN being in the booth um, doing college and then me and Greeny did a couple of the Monday night games when they had extra games and then with Westwood one I do the Sunday night games with Ryan Radke in the booth so and up and I've never stayed for a Super Bowl when I was at ESPN I always left on Saturday because nine years of playing I never got past the divisional round I was jealous I didn't want to go watch the Super Bowl so I went home. But Westwood One gave me the opportunity to work the sidelines, kind of like a, God rest his soul, like a t- Tony Saragusa right, analyst yeah. on the field type deal. So I, this is my third one now. It's been pretty awesome to be. The great thing is is being now on the field. Man, I got to see right up close with Rihanna mm-hmm. and Eminem the year before. Oh, and yeah. Jay-Z yes. and you and Usher, th- th- this, usher year. this year. Usher this year. It comes with privilege, yeah. And if KC wins this game, a good chance of having a run-in with Taylor Swift on oh, the no field doubt. as well. No <laughs> doubt. The Who Grammy winner, yeah, so I mean. Hey.
2: You're already gonna say, Step aside, Laura Oakman, I need this interview. And then <laughs> well, your son would be extremely oh, jealous. He's
6: gonna be so jealous if he and and another one that I, I would love to meet down there, I think believe you seeing in God Bless America's Post Malone. Ooh. Big Post Malone fan. So there are definitely perks a couple of years ago, and was at SoFi. I talked to the rock a little bit after he was on the field before. So there's some perks there. but re, being right down there, it, it is a lot of fun. You're right, you're right there in the action.
2: So how different is prep for a Super Bowl versus any other game that you're doing? There's so much
6: around the game. It's not much different because there are so many people involved. Again, Kevin Harlan, you got Kurt Warner, you got Laura Oakman, you got myself, you have pregame show. So everybody has kind of their, the stats are the same. There's just so much more of them. And it's how, I'm not a monster stat guy. I leave that to others. So I just kind of like to, I kind of like, I want to do the role that I'm I'm supposed to do. So I'm on the field. I'm going to give you what's happening from the field side of it. so it's a little different. I don't have to prepare nearly as much every player and everything because and I'm not talking every play like I would be if I'm in the booth. So it's really just game situations. And like I've always said, even when I'm in the booth, now I'm down on the field. Bring people onto the field where they can't go and tell them
3: what's going on that they wouldn't know is going on. So you've done games all year long. You've seen the Chiefs. Yep. You've seen you've seen the 49ers. What's been the one thing about the Chiefs that you have noticed over the last month and a half that is really like, wow, I didn't see that defense yeah their
6: defense I mean their defense has been pretty good all year they've had a real highs and they've had some lows but what you know what, what's kind of been akin to this to me because the offense for Kansas City didn't do a lot against Baltimore and I go back to when Brady went to Tampa Bay and they won that Super Bowl they're not even in the Super Bowl without that defense balling out in the playoffs the way Kansas City's defense is balling out I mean what Steve Spagnolo has got going on and what he's going to have in store for Brock Purdy to me is going to be interesting when all the talk is going to be Mahomes, and it should be Brock Purdy, understandably. Travis and Taylor, get it. All good with that. But not enough, I think, is going to be because it's not the sexy thing. Is these defenses, I think, are going to be so huge. I mean, think about Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, AFC Championship game. It was three to nothing in the second half. Yeah. I mean, three to nothing, those defenses were fantastic.
2: So I know for me as a sideline reporter, when I go into a game, I feel like I have a terrible read on the game that I'm actually broadcasting on. Like what I think is going to happen never ends up happening. But I have a great read on those teams after. This is different because you have that experience covering these yeah, teams, yes. and now. So like, do you have a feel either way for which unit is going to be the strength or weakness, or like how you feel things might turn out? And I know oh, you can't give a pick, obviously. But right,
6: right, right. Oh, I absolutely do. I, I the most interesting thing to me is what we just talked about: Spagnolo against Brock Purdy. Now the good thing about Brock is he has a number of outlets to go to, and I know we use the word game manager. I think game manager has become the F word in football. Let's just sit, like, where
2: do you really sit on just, that? Just like yeah.
6: analytics. Yeah. Analytics is information, Ugh. but we say analytics and everybody lo- loses their mind. Analytics is just another form of information to use. So, but I think what what Spagnolo does against Brock, think about what he did against Lamar, and Lamar couldn't escape, didn't run enough. Now Brock, I covered Brock when he was at Iowa State. When when I was at ESPN doing games. Brock is knows he doesn't have the athletic ability of like a Lamar Jackson, even though he made a couple of good runs in that NFC title game. But he knows where to get rid of the ball, and he's got the weapons to get rid of the ball, too. So I think that's going to help a lot for him. And the other thing I'm really interested in is San Francisco's rush defense in the regular season, I believe, was third mm-hmm. in the regular season at 89 yards a game. They gave up, 100, they gave up 159 yards a game. Mm-hmm. 132 in the first game, 180-something in the second
3: game. So are they going to be able to you know, close ranks there and stop they the They went run? from 4.1 yards in the regular season per carry. to Now they're at 5.6. Yeah. So that's the question I want to hit you on. You play defensive line. When you watch this defensive line, why aren't they as dominant now as they were at points in the regular season?
6: I, it's a great question. You know, do you start to look at, at players that are nicked at all? Now, Eric Armstead just came back, right? right so yeah. that, that, but he came back in the playoffs, and they were getting run on in the playoffs. Exactly. So that wasn't really it there. You have two just vicious linebackers in Greenlaw and Warner in the middle. So it's a great question. You know, that, that I you know I don't really have an answer to right now other than you're going to have to bring a safety down to help, yeah. you know, and then if you start to do that, now you watch the middle of the field over the top, you know, all this to, you know, from the pass game. But, I, and, and I'm, I'm going to get a chance uh, today to talk to uh, Fred Warner. So I'm certainly going to talk to him about that and say, and ask him exactly what you asked me about. Oh, that's the guy that's right in the middle right. on the defense is, you know, what the hell's going on? You know, you've done it so well. And then as of late, you have not
2: when when you talk about Brock Purdy and the game manager side of things there are a lot of people that have said to them if the 49ers win this game he can't be MVP it's got to (laughs) be Christian McCaffrey it's got to be somebody else where do you sit on on that and I like the way that Michael describes he said he's not a game manager he's a point guard and you said distributor like it's different
6: to think that if they win the game, he can't be the MVP is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know,
3: you're doing the game with – here's what I don't understand, Mike. You're doing the game with Kurt Warner, and there's been no greater story than a guy who worked in yes. a supermarket that couldn't even throw a pass in Green Bay. You talk to people in Green Bay wouldn't even attempt a pass. He was that gun shy. And then he went to the Arena League, and he came from the Arena League in a grocery store to become in this icon in Hall of Fame. And we embrace the story, and we should. But for some reason, nobody wants to embrace Brock Purdy's story. It's the maddening thing. And Spagnola said it so perfectly. If you just watch the games, like he's doing things that a lot of guys can't
6: do. He is. I don't understand it either. We had uh, Mike and I, my son, and I had Richard Sherman on our show, and he said. The world loves an underdog story, except for Brock Purr. Oh. No question. No, and I don't know why. Because it is an underdog story. He wasn't expected to do this. And, oh, it's the Kyle Shanahan offense. It's all talent around him. Well, you know what? Most most Super Bowl championship teams have talent, <laughs> OK? <You laughs> know, Rumor has it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't care what sport you're playing. You have talent there. So to grade him down because he has a lot of talent and he's just you know dishing it out there, uh, you know, game Mike, Mike used the term, he's the game CEO. Mm-hmm. Instead of game manager, I mean, he should get all the credit in the world for what he's doing. Now, they lead the San Francisco, I think since Kyle's been there, has led the league in yards after the catch. So, again, like anything else, is you spread the notoriety around. Birdie, Purdy gets the ball out and those guys are do well with it after the catch. Well,
2: I would say he also led the NFL throughout the regular season in air yards per attempt yes. as well, which is, that is like significant. a dink Why would we pay yeah. attention to that? Why would we have the facts yeah. get in the way of a story? Yeah, that's
6: exactly right. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't get it. You know, for all the things we're listing for Mahomes of what he's done and how great he's been, and he has been, don't get me wrong. I mean, what what he has done, what Brock Purdy has done in the Amazing. short time he's been given the reins has been incredible.
2: It also makes me laugh because you brought up the Kurt Warner story. I heard somebody give a takeout that that the Brock Purdy story isn't interesting because it's been done but better from oh. her. I like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's
6: um, how spoiled we are, huh? <laughs> we've
2: got yeah. about a minute left here. You mentioned Richard Sherman was on the show yeah. recently. What do you guys have set up? Who's going to be on the show other than Michael and I later this afternoon? Well,
6: I mean, that's obviously going <laughs> to stand out. My uh, partner from Golic and Spendi, Jess Montana, will be on as well. We'll have Anthony Munoz on. We're going to have Greg Olson on. We're going to have Joe Montana mm-hmm. on. Um, I, uh, Emmett Smith is going to be on as well. You know how these Super Bowl things are. I mean, it's just like whoever who's else somebody, shows up that we who, can
5: Exactly.
6: But I mean, we're now where we have people approach and say, hey, you want this person or that person? We're like, we got no room. I mean, we, do, we We have no room. We know how this week is. It's just a week of bringing former players on as they're talking football and pushing their products. You know, that's that's just <laughs> what happens. But you don't want to pass up the opportunity to get some of these greats.
2: You're awesome. Thank you Thank for you spending Mike. some Appreciate time with it. us. Always glad to be here. And make sure you check out Golik and Smeddy, Gojo and Golik, all on the DraftKings Network and wherever you find your podcast as well. That's a wrap for us on day one here at Media Row in Mandalay Bay on Las Vegas. But we'll be here each and every day. You won't want to miss it. Keep it locked right here on Beeson and DraftKings Network all day long.
1: Offer valid on select AK Systems X through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.